right, it's awesome to see what God is doing here. And uh, like Chris said, we have a mission trip team going on. We've got ESL happening, English classics happening on a Monday night coming up. And uh, food pantry, you know, we, we have a food pantry ministry and just helping people with a need. You know, just being there. Sometimes before we can share the gospel, we want to meet them where they're at. And uh, so this, these are opportunities. You know, I call them um, bait, you know, uh, hooks in the line. You know, baits on the line, put them in the water, and we're fishing. We're fishing for people so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and all these different things. Food pantry ministry is growing. Um, you know, next month, we're going to add a third night every month, a third night to help people. Uh, with meals and food, and uh, just being able to do that. And as the ministry, you know, those opportunities grow, the more opportunity it's needed, you know, for us to participate in, in the fine ways where people, all, all week long, we have people just show up and grab our food. They can bring food on Sunday morning. We have people that come by just during the week. People that don't come to church here, they just come by and they drop off food. You know, some people just say, I want to give and, um, you know, to it, and let's show different ways to be a part of that. Um, but let's just celebrate for just a minute last Sunday. Last Sunday, we celebrated and we witnessed 14 people that took their next step in baptism. Can we do that for just a minute? That's awesome. <clears throat> you know, 14 people, and behind those 14, behind those numbers, and behind every number is a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And it's just awesome to see what God is doing here at Lake Point. And if you're here and you're like, man, I need to get baptized. I, you know, I need to know, you know, I've got a, 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 a Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know, that, that's really your next step. And then baptism is a public proclamation. Hey, I became a follower of Christ. And uh, we'll have a baptism again in November. And so feel free to have those conversations if you're interested, want questions, got questions. And if you, one of our staff, see me, any, any of our staff members, and, and we'd love to help you um, talk about baptism and salvation and all that stuff. And so, well, hey, um, we're in a series we started a couple of weeks ago called Balance. Balance. We're talking about becoming balanced in our financial lives, in our financial world. And if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, um, you're, you're, you know, this will be a quick review for those. This is your first time. You're, you're here today. And, you're like, okay, what, what's happening? I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a review of where we've been real quick, and, and and to do that, I got my bat. I got a bat here, and and I'm gonna try to teach us those three physical laws of balance here. And the first one, a couple of weeks ago, is that we said if you want to have balance, you gotta have a reference point, a reference point. And so as I try to balance this bat, you know, you'll notice where my eyes is. I am looking at this at the word Eastern on this bat. Well, I'm not looking at anybody else. You know, if I start to look over here, something bad gonna happen, okay? I lose balance. And so I, I've got my focus right here, right in the middle of this bat, and I'm keeping my eyes on it as I balance. It's a reference point. And when we talk about our finance, and our finance, you have to have a reference point. If you want to be balanced, you have to have a reference point. And here's the thought. In your financial world, your reference point is you've got to know where your money is going. You've got to know where your money is going. So basic, so important. It's a focus, though. It's not just, to, you know, I pay the bills and whatever else goes, goes. 
you should know. You should know where it's going. You should break down your categories, and you should put those numbers that you spend, and you should break it down each month. Each month where it goes, your car payment, your grocery bills, your clothing, you know, budget, you know, your, your um, coffee budget, you know, whatever that is. You know, your entertainment budget. You know, your, you know things to do for fun. You're allowed to have fun, okay? You know, build that in. Build that in because if you have too much fun, then you're wondering where I went. Where I went to fun and you're not able to pay the bill. And so you should know those things, right? It's a reference point. It's a reference point. And so we talk about that. And then last week, we talked about that third law of physical balance is you have to have an objective. Now, let me tell you what my objective is right now. I got my eyes on this thing. And my objective is to make sure that this thing doesn't land in my head and knock me out. That would be a real bad experience. Maybe uh, workman's comp is good for this. I'm not sure, you know. And, uh, and I got my objective. When you're walking across a plank, your objective is to get to the other side, right? And so this is my objective. And, and we talk about in our financial world, we have an objective. And our objective is simply this. This is the big picture of our stuff, of our wealth, of our money. Our objective is to honor God with everything in our lives, including our money. To honor God, not just in our giving, but in our living. It's a both end. It's not a, well, I give a portion to God and rest is mine to do what I want to do. No, we're called to be stewards, a manager of it all. And so we are to honor God, and that's our objective. That's the big picture when it comes to our financial world. It all came from God. It all belongs to him. He give it to us, and that we are to use it to honor and glorify him in a way that he will lead us to do. And every person different how that is, to honor God, and you're giving and you're living. And so that's the third law. Now, we kind of skip around. All right, because I think this is very important to understand the reference point and to have that big picture, that objective. And we go to that second law of physical balance is simply got to constantly make adjustments. Now, what happens if I just don't move my hands at all? You know, if I just try to keep it still, which I, just, I can if I want to, then, but this, it's not going to last very long, right? It's gonna, it's going to fall over. So I'm constantly adjusting my hand to keep balance on this bat, constantly moving. If you've ever gone to a circus, you see the acrobat, they're amazing, right? What are they doing? As they walk the, the line, the trapeze line, they are constantly making adjustments with their hands, with their body, so that they don't fall. And so in our financial world, and this is what we're going to be doing today and next Sunday, we're going to talk about the constant adjustment that we have to make. But this is so important. You can't make these adjustments if you don't know that first law of where your money is going. If you don't know where your money's at and where you're going, you know, it's hard to make those adjustments. It's hard to um, make those adjustments if you don't have the big picture of what God wants you to do with your finance. So all that's important. So today and next Sunday, 
going to spend time on constant adjustment in different areas of our lives, some practical stuff here, but some stuff that's very important to us that we need to hear as we talk about balance. Now, remember, a few weeks ago, I said this, that if you were to violate any of these physical laws, reference point, constant adjustments, having a clear objective, if you violate any of those physical laws, there's an immediate consequence. Immediate consequences. However, when it comes to our financial world, if you were to violate any one of those three laws, you don't see the immediate consequences. That's why we see years and years of bad financial decisions because we think, man, I'm getting away with bad calls, but I'm not seeing the consequences. And eventually, what goes around, it will come around. We talk about the law of the harvest. What you sow, you will reap. It will come about. And it will come about in a real bad way. It will hit you hard because you made bad decisions. Teenagers, you know, college students, you're going to start seeing those opportunities to make bad decisions. And you'll make them. You'll make them because we, we probably all made them when <laughs> I was young. We, you know, sometimes the best, the best teacher is to learn from our own personal mistakes. And, and so you're going to see these opportunities. And you're going to think, man, I made a bad decision, but man, okay. You realize you made a bad decision. And you're making a decision that are terrible, and then over time, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I was smarter with my finance when I was younger because I'm paying for it in my 30s or my 40s. And so let's talk about some constant adjustments that we have to make. I want to talk about two things today and some, some more next week. I want to, first of all, talk about making constant correction, constant adjustments of your debt, of your debt. There are two ways to upgrade your standard of living. Two ways. The first way to upgrade your standard of living is to save and invest and work your way up. Now, that's a slow way of doing it. That's the long cut. The other way is that you can get right into debt. That's the shortcut. You can go right into debt. You can, you, with, with your signature and by filling out a form and be done in less than five minutes, you can immediately live a higher standard of living. Now, one, one way, the long cut, it brings peace. The short way, the shortcut, it brings woe. It can bring pain. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. I knew that was going to happen. Right over here. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. So God said to the wisest man in the world, Wisest man. He had more wealth than Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos combined. He had more wealth than them. 
He was the wealthiest man, Solomon. Well, Solomon said, you know, as I observe life, this is what I noticed. He said, whenever anyone owes someone else, whether it's an individual, an, uh, 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 an organization, a company, or a nation, you know, they become, in some capacity, a slave. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. When you finance that car, what they didn't tell you, oh, by the way, by the way, when you sign this, we become your master. They didn't want to tell you that. They did it. Now, when, when, when you use the Visa card or the MasterCard, they forgot to tell us, oh, by the way, you carry a balance, and guess what? We just became your master. And we consume, don't we? We don't sell ourselves into slavery. We consume, consume, consume our way into slavery. And so many people that over their head with their debt. They're just over their head. We got your bad, and you're just out of balance because of your debt. Now listen, I've got a mortgage. It's just a debt, right? I have a debt. Now, we have a very manageable debt. We're thankful for it. We don't live very close by here. When we started Lake Point Church, we didn't know exactly where the church was going to end up, you know, so we bought a house in 2009 in Chesterfield. And uh, Chesterfield is about 30 minutes from here. And, uh, but here's the, here's the thing. We, Karen and I, we like our house. We love our house. We're happy with our house. You know? But if I'm not careful... I can go into someone's house here in Shelby Township, which is close by, or Macomb Township, and I look at their house. I say, oh, man, it's five minutes from church. That would be nice. You know, I can go home and have lunch real quick, stop eating out, you know, or stop eating cold cuts in a plastic bag. I can eat something fresh. I can have grilled cheese. Love a good old grilled cheese sandwich. Five minutes down the house. You know, that, that'd be great. And my eyes can get big. And if I'm not careful, my envy can start kicking in. We have an envy gene, every one of us. That envy engine starts to rev up a little bit. And we say, you know, what if we buy a house? You know, we could do it, but man, it'd be really tight. And all of a sudden, my debt becomes this. Now, I really got to adjust. I really got to live like this. Can you imagine living like this the whole time? You know, I got to walk over here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know. Julie, you were nervous there, weren't you? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You know, John. You know, hey, can you imagine living like this all the time? It's exhausting. It is exhausting. You go to a car dealership. You know, you got to buy a car. You know, you do what everybody does first. You go to the used car sales, you know, sales lot. Used car lot, then you look around and you find a car that got 80,000, 90,000 miles on it. You check it out, you open it, they get you in there, and it uh, doesn't have the new car smell. I mean, come on, that new car smells worth it, right? 
But I think I want to just have that car smell. And so, okay. I had a salesman. He said, well, you want to check it out over here? We've got the newer model over here. By the way, you know, you're looking at your budget. You're thinking about it. You know where your money is going. And so, you know, I could afford it and still be manageable with my debt. Sure, I'd be a slave, but I'm not going to be overwhelmed, right? But he gets you over here to the car, in a new car lot. You find a car, you know, the car that got zero miles on it. Got that new car smell. I like it. Got all the new features. That's great. He thought, well, I could, I could do this. This will be a little bit more juggling. Be a little bit more like this, but not too bad. But then your eye catches that car over there. The car you had no, no plan to get in the first place. But your eye caught it. It's a lot higher than this car. It's a sports car. You know, and it's like, ooh, that's the car I need. That's the car that I need to drive Woodward, Dream Cruise. You know, that's the car I need. That's the car I want. You know, and, and you, start, you start thinking, you say, all right, well, you know what? If we never eat out again, <laughs> we shop only at, you know, at Aldi's. Maybe I can afford this car, you know, never go on vacation, but I can have the dream car. And we lived, you know, and so the question is, when it comes to debt, where are you? With your, are you out of balance to control? My, I mean, the perfect world, and some of you are there, you have no debt. You have no debt. By the way, if you have debt, your goal is to be out of debt. Right? I mean, in our mortgage, we pay extra on our principal so that we don't live under debt for the rest of our lives. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. And so we need to be balanced. Credit cards. Some of you manage your credit cards really well. You know what you're doing. You use it, get some point, I don't know, to go to Disney. <laughs> so Disney point, maybe there's some other point that you want to get. You pay it off every month. Great. Some of you, though, and the average American, are $20,000 household in credit card debt. Credit card debt, $20,000. And they can't ever get out of it. They're stuck in a bad world. And, and it brings so much pain, so much stress. They can barely make minimum payment. The interest rate is so big, it's out of control. If you're going to be balanced, you have to address your debt. I gave you a couple of scenarios. Is your debt, does it look like this? Or is it all over the map? Where are you at? And we need to address it. You drift yourself into it with a years and series of bad decisions now you've got to claw your way out of it, and it takes work. But I have seen people do it. I've seen people get it done. How do they do it? Well, first of all, they find a plan. They're taking notes. They found a plan, and they stick with it. You want to get out of debt? You've got to find a plan and stick with it. There's a lot of plans out there. There's a lot of tools. The real question is, do you have the discipline to stick with it? To stick with it. But along with the plan, 
You need accountability. Accountability. And you need accountability at two levels. You need accountability with God. You need accountability with God. You need to go to God and say, God, I am so sorry. I have, I have been a fool. I have made some terrible decision, some unbalanced decision. And I'm out of control. And my out of control caused stress and grief in my life. The debt is overwhelming. God, I need you. I need you to help me find balance in this area. Help me to work hard at it. Help me not to quit. Give me the strength and the power to overcome my debt. You need accountability with God. You also need accountability with others you can trust. Others that you can trust. You need some outside help. You need to go to someone, and you might say, man, this is embarrassing. I, am, I have made so many bad decisions, but you need someone that will listen to you that will give you wise counsel and to help you to get out of your debt, to get out of your debt so that you can find peace, a peace in your financial world, a peace in your relationship. Because I said this, I said this, that if you are out of balance in your financial world, remember this in week one, it spills over in other areas of your life. And this debt does it the most. When you are heavy over your head in debt, this spills over in other arenas of your life. You need someone to help you. Someone that you can trust to give you accountability. By the way, this fall we're doing Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. Not with him, he won't be here, but you know, with the class. Dave Ramsey class, and we've got several of, um, of our individuals, our financial advisors leading that class so that they can be there to help you, to guide your steps. And so I took that class 10 years ago, but maybe you need to hear it again. And so on the back of your connection card, say, I'm interested, we're gonna be offering that class this fall, we wanna make sure that we can find a time best for everybody so that you can get financial help in this area so that you can live in peace. When you're out of debt, think about, think about this, when you don't have debt hanging over you, you're free. You're free to do so much. I think about just getting rid of my mortgage payment. Man, the freedom I could have to do so much to be a blessing. What leads me to my next thought here is that we need to have constant correction of your extras. Constant correction of the extras that you make. And some of you right now are laughing and say, well, Scott, I don't know what you're talking about, but you're not talking to me. I have no extras. None. What extras are you talking about? The reality is a lot of us have more extras than we realize. You know, an extra is, you know, first of all, you got to put food on your table. You got to put a roof over your head. That's your necessary thing. Clothes on your back. But anything beyond that is an extra. It's an extra. 
I want you to think about this. If you went to a movie the past couple of weeks, you had extras. If you have a real bad coffee habit like I do, you have extras. If you have a cell phone, that's a little extra money. Have you ever traded something in that, you know, that's working for something else that's just newer? You had a working device. It was good. But it wasn't good enough no more. The newest thing came out. You said, you know, you traded it in. And if someone else took your good working device, because hey, it was good, so that you could get something better. That's called an extra. Ever had a garage sale? You know what a garage sale is? It's you getting all the extra stuff out of your basement that you don't want no more. They were your extras. What about this? How many of you have one of those things on the bottom of your sink? You flip a switch, that makes a grinding noise. I read someone's lip, garbage disposal. That's right, garbage disposal. I have one. You know what we don't do in our garbage disposal? We don't throw away our garbage in there. You know what we put in there? We put in there the extra food on our plate that we did not eat. Our extras. We put our extras down and we shove it down the garbage disposal. And so, what are you going to do with the extra? A lot of us have extras. You know, oftentimes, it's when, it, when I go on a mission trip, or when I go around people that have way, way, way less than I do, that's oftentimes when I, feel, when I realize how much extras I really do have. I've been on a mission trip in Mexico. Mexico, we, we, we actually stayed in a border town. From our place, we could look down the road and you could see the, the fence that separated the United States in Mexico. And I remember just on the other side, there was a gas station. You could use the restroom, you could flush the toilet. You could actually flush your toilet paper down that toilet. This is got a sound nasty. In Mexico, just one mile over. Can't, you can't flush toilet paper down the toilet. Running water, you don't drink the running water. And I, I, I thought, man, they missed it by a mile. They missed it by a mile. And then I thought, man, we, we, we were so blessed. If you were here a few weeks ago, Pastor Chris talked about his experience in Africa. It just remind us how blessed we are. Juliana, she's back. Juliana, hey, there you are. You know, she came back from Africa in one piece and been there for six months. And she'll tell you stories upon stories upon stories about the experience in Africa. And when you hear these stories, you're like, man, I'm, I'm really blessed. We really have extras. Now, what do we do with the extras? If you're going to be balanced, you've got to figure it out. 
what you're going to do with the extras. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. One give freely that grows out of the richer. In other words, he had the extras and he, gave, he gives, and yet he grows out of the richer. Another withholds his extras. He withholds what he should give and only suffer want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. He will be refreshed. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Jesus tells a parable. He said, the ground of a certain rich man, it yielded an abundant harvest, a lot of extras. He had a real good yield. He thought to himself, what shall I do? What should I do with the extras? Thought about this. How can I be balanced with the extras? And this is what he thought in verse 18. He said, here's what I'll do. I'm going to tear down my little bones. I'm going to build a bigger one. So that way I can store my extras, my surplus grains. And I say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what? You have prepared for yourself. It's going to go to somebody else. He said, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus said this. He said, I don't want you to simply be rich towards you. I don't want you to just simply be rich towards you. Jesus said, you're rich towards you because of the talents and abilities I've given you. You're rich towards you because, because of, the, of the incredible country that we are living in. You're rich towards you because you've been careful and disciplined. You've worked hard. You're rich towards you. And, and Jesus said, congratulations, that's great. But, 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 don't forget to be rich toward God. Don't live in a mindset that it's all for me and me alone. What, 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 does, what does the Bible say to be how we can be rich toward God? We see this in verse 33. It says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Now, you say, all of them? No, no. You see, we, and we know that from the way that Jesus lived. You know? Not all of your possession, but sell some possession. Sell the stuff that you don't need. And, and, and sell some of the extra stuff. He said, provide purses for yourself that will never wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. You see, in God's economy, when I take some of my extras, and I make sure that when I have more than what I need, I give to those who are in need. I look for opportunity to give. Some of you might have that laptop. You say, you know, I've been thinking about an upgrade on my laptop. I think I'm going to sell my old laptop. I might get four or $500 for it. You have the money to buy a new laptop. 
without the sale of your old laptop. You know, this is, a, this is just an idea, all right? This is an application. You might think, you know what? I saw a need today for a laptop. I'm going to give my old laptop that's in good working condition for a need to help our English class. I could still buy me a new laptop. I'm not going to have that extra four, five hundred dollars, but I already have actually got it bless me in different ways. I can handle this. Maybe that's where you're at. That, that's just, you know, you, you hear me? You're looking for those opportunities. You have extras. And they're given away that you can. And when you do that, you're rich towards God. Look at verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the question for you, you're taking notes. Are you rich toward yourself or toward God? If you also take a note, you either have a kingdom mindset or a self-centered mindset. You can't have both. You have a kingdom mindset, then you're not being self-centered. You have a kingdom mindset. You're looking for the opportunity. You're looking for those ways. So let me, let me give you some practical thoughts. Here's some thoughts when it comes to your extras. Got the baseball bat. He said, now if you assume that the extra is all for you, then you are out of bounds. If you think it all belongs to you, that's what, that's what Jesus said. If you think it's all for you and you alone, you are out of balance. If God has blessed you with more than you need, it is so that you, out of the abundance of your heart, given away to be a blessing to others. That's called being balanced in your extras. Being balanced in your extras. I'm going to challenge you with a percentage. Give a percentage. Whatever that percentage is. You know, I, I grew up in, 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 with the tithe. We give 10%. Some will argue, well, that's the Old Testament and New Testament. I'm not gonna, we're not here to argue those two thoughts here. You know, if, if it's really in the New Testament, it was more than, I believe it's more than that. You know, Jesus said, you know, here it is, here's everything. I gave my life for you. And so, but percentage, whatever that is. Give a percentage. We give our percentage. And after the Lord blessed, we increase our percentage. We don't, by the way, we don't, all, we don't give all of our given percentage to the church. We have missionaries that we support, a couple of missionaries that we also support. We also set aside percentage-wise in our budget, not a very big percentage, but on top of all the other giving that we do, we call it spontaneous giving. I have Karen all the time. How much money is this guy? I see a need. Or talking to someone. You think we could be a help? Can we be a attending a meal? And we budget that so that we can be a blessing, laying up treasure in heaven for someone. But if you don't have a budget, if you don't plan for it, then you'll never give in the way that God wants you to give. The idea extras, the abundance. I pray that you ask God, should God show me how I can be balanced? in the way that I give.
But our Heavenly Father sent His only Son, Jesus. He lived a perfectly balanced life. Gave His life. Gave us salvation for you and for me. So that we could give back in return in a way that honors Him. It's in our financial world. It's all about honor. And you're giving and you're living. Our God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. That the greatest, greatest act of love, the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And so God, I pray that we reciprocate in a way that you would want us to. Every person in this room is different. Every person got different situations. But God, I pray that you would challenge us. First of all, in our debt. But some of us here tonight, this morning, we're just handcuffed. We have no freedom because our debt is over our head. But God, we ask for your power and strength to help him and help her, help that family break free from that bondage of debt. Help them to be committed to it. It'll take some time, but help them to not quit and give up. Help them to seek wisdom, godly wisdom, on how to deal with their debt. In a debt-free life, the more debt-free we are, the more freedom we have with our extras. God, I pray we have a kingdom mindset. Help us to be rich towards you. Whatever that looks like. It looks different in so many of our lives. God, I pray that you would show us how to be rich towards you. In Jesus' name, amen.